0: The Bible said and behold a woman in the city who was a sinner when she knew that Jesus sat at the table of the Pharisees' house brought an alabaster's box of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head and she kissed his feet and anointed them Fragrant oil. When the Pharisee had invited him, saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. He said, There's a certain creditor. One owed 500 denarii, and the other owed 50. When they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who he forgave more. He said to him, You have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to him, Simon, do you see this woman? Entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with the tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with the fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her. Are many are forgiven for she loved much but to whom little is forgiven the same loves little then he said to her your sins are forgiven and those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves who is this who forgives sins and then he said to the woman "Your well, faith has saved you Talk to you this morning about changing the atmosphere. Changing the atmosphere. Nudge your neighbor and tell them you have the power to change the atmosphere. You have the power to change the atmosphere. There is nothing that will change the atmosphere like worship. Nothing will change a situation in your life like bringing glory to God. God chose this woman to change the atmosphere just like he has chosen you and I. It wasn't easy for this woman to come into Simon's house who now is a Pharisee that was not happy about her being there, and for her to begin to display and to express her gratitude of love and worship toward Jesus Christ. Not only was Simon a Pharisee, but Simon was a a leper. Amen, amen. Jesus Jesus begins to bring this this exhortation exhortation to him and many many times times we focus on the woman. But today I want to focus and look at Simon because Jesus says to him, who would love more? And he said, I guess it would be the one who was forgiven more. Simon knew great forgiveness from Jesus. We see that Simon was not just a Pharisee, but he was a leper. Leprosy in the Bible was a death sentence. There was no cure, but a miracle from God. It was a horrible disease that, that began to work on their flesh, and their flesh began to turn ashy, and they begin to lose feeling in their body and in their body parts, and And they could no longer function as as normal. Uh, When you begin to study about this leprosy, you will find out that most people died from infection, from wounds, from where they had hit things or where they had cut themselves, and they did not even know it. In fact, when you study, you will find that there are more that die from infection than those who die from leprosy itself amen more die from infection because they cannot feel leprosy of the flesh I am reminded is like sin in your spirit they lost feeling and they didn't even know it we are living in a day when people don't feel their sin anymore when they don't feel the pain, there's no regret, there is no remorse for sin. You see, leprosy. lepers are not allowed into the city. Their clothes were to be torn and it was a sign to all of those who came by or saw them along the way that I have leprosy and don't come near me because I, I, I am sick and you might get what I've got. They would cover their mouth with a rag. And as you would come by, they would cry out, unclean, unclean. Simon was supernaturally healed by Jesus. He was healed from the worst sickness in Israel's history. He was living in a trash heap. He was living astray from his family. He had been robbed of his title. He had taken him from his friends as well as his family. He had lost access to the temple and most likely was living in the garbage heap called Golgotha. This was Simon's condition. He was lonely. He was dying, man, before he met Jesus. But whenever he met Jesus, everything in his life changed. Amen. I just wonder this morning, is there anyone in this building who, when you met Jesus, your life changed? Amen. You, you was hopeless. You, you was living in the ash heap of life. But when you met Jesus, it changed everything in your life. He brought you out of the horrible pit and set your feet upon a solid and a firm foundation and gave you a hope and gave you a reason to get up in the morning. And even though that lifeless troubles come your way, you had a hope that Jesus Christ was on your side and that with him you could overcome anything. Is there anyone today that Jesus has changed your life? If he has, I want you to give him praise today. In our text, Simon is inviting Jesus over to his house. And then as he invites Jesus over to his house, this Simon the leper becomes Simon the Pharisee. This woman, this man who had had Jesus change his life, this man who had been forgiven, this man whose life was in ruins and was about to die, and yet on his way he invites Jesus over to his house, and suddenly because this woman shows up, he becomes a Pharisee. Simon went from being a grateful man to being a judgmental man. He went from being hard to believe after all that Jesus had done for him. After Jesus had retched down in that garbage heap and spoke life into a dead situation. Amen. It's hard to believe that he would turn from that kind of love and that kind of manifestation in his life and become judgmental again. Simon said, if this man were a prophet, this man that just healed him of leprosy, This man that just brought him out of a horrible condition, and now he turns around after he's healed, after he's got the nice house, after he's got everything going his way, he turns around and says, If he be a prophet, if he be the Son of God, he would know what kind of manner this woman is. Oh, it isn't it amazing how quickly we can go from being blessed to being a Pharisee? How quickly we forget the blessing and the favor of the Father upon our lives that we that were in sin and while we were sinners he died for us and he came by the ash heap of life the garbage heap of life and pulled us out and set our feet upon a firm foundation but then we forget if anyone should have known the kind of God that Jesus was if anyone should have known the power of Jesus Christ it should have been Simon he knew his saving power he knew his healing power he knew his life changing power but suddenly he went from knowing the goodness of God to questioning Jesus after Jesus has been so good to him Simon had enjoyed the benefits of of being in relationship with Jesus, but he forgot where he came from. I I, I submit to you this morning that we ought to be saved. But don't ever forget, get so saved that you forget where you came from. Don't get so saved that you forget where you were when Jesus found you. Amen. Don't get so saved that you become a Pharisee and have a critical spirit of other people because there goes you before the grace of God. The only reason that we're here today is because we found the love of Jesus. The only reason we're here today is because His grace was revealed in our life. Someone spoke to us. Someone told us good news and we believe that good news and the and we're here today wash away our sins redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ is only because that we heard about Jesus and believed you see today many enjoy a relationship with Jesus many people enjoy praise and worship they enjoy the power of his word but I've seen people come straight right into the presence of God and forget where they came from forgot how good God has been to them how do I know people have forgot how good God has been to them because like Simon when we come into his presence we think we don't have to worship anymore we're not at all with him any longer We're not all struck by his goodness, his love, and his mercy. But don't forget where you came from. Don't forget that we are living on dangerous ground when we forget where he has brought us from. Do you remember where you came from? Do you remember where you were? Because you see, you don't have to be at this row. You don't have to be at the end of the line. You don't have to be, amen, in a place where that, that all of your extremities are exhausted. But is it not the truth? Most of us do not come to Jesus until we get there. Until all of our extremities have been exhausted. When our life is in a mess and we're in a ruins, it is then that we come to Jesus. But when Simon had been delivered from so much, he forgot where he came from and he becomes critical and he forgets how God has redeemed him. You see, we always become critical when we move away from God. And he chooses us to show his love. But God wants to use his people that other people don't think he ought to be using. We become critical who do they think they are. How can they be used of God? Do you know their life? Do you know their story? And if they can't point to what is, is, they point to what was. How can they think they're going to be used of God? They're, they're a dope addict. They've been on drugs all their life. How, how's God going to use them? How's God going to use them? They, they've had a divorce. It's quiet up in here. How's God going to use this? How's God going to use that? i tell you how God is going to use them just like he will use us. Because you see, God is looking for people today that not people that have it all together but have a realization that we cannot do it except for God. Amen. Never forget where you came from and how good God has been to you and how far you've come. You see, Simon, he thought that he had already arrived. He had the house. He had the title. He had all of the fine things. He was had a, a, all of everything was going on. He was the big man in the community. And this woman, this sinner, in the Greek, it is, is, is the idea, this word sinner, uh, in the Greek is the idea of being branded. She is branded like a cow. She goes. She has this branding mark on her that says, I'm a sinner. She sold her body to put food on her table. Everyone knew she was a sinner. She was a sinner, but Simon was a leper. And both of them were going to die without Jesus. Both of them were cut off. Both were unclean. And I want to tell you this morning that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are not saved because of our grace, not because of what we have done, but because of what he has done amen and we have all sinned and come short of the glory but his grace will reach to the uttermost parts of the earth and pick us up and show us his grace his mercy and his love don't get caught up on thinking that someone else's issues are worse than your issues because we all die lost in our sins if it's not for jesus christ Amen. If he doesn't touch us, we are lost. Amen. Not only did Simon judge the woman, but he begins to judge Jesus. All the audacity to get up and start talking about Jesus, thinking about Jesus. Simon kept his eyes on Jesus, judging him. But the woman kept her eyes on Jesus, loving him. Simon judged while the woman wept. As soon as this woman walked in and they began to whisper about her. She's in the house of a Pharisee, the last place you would ever think that you would find a prostitute. She walks in with tears falling down her face. They're cascading off of her cheeks and they begin to whisper about her. She doesn't defend herself. She doesn't waste her time la- talking back to them or getting into a discussion about where she has been or what has taken place in her life. She knew she was guilty. She didn't allow their whispering to stop her worship. She, when she seen all of the room sitting there trying to impress the Pharisee. Trying to impress while Jesus is sitting in the room. This is not a perfect setting. It's not an easy place to worship. This is not an atmosphere that is set and conducive. Huh? They didn't have a Miss Melissa on the keys, they didn't have a Jake on the drums. Huh? They didn't have an Anthony singing and playing guitar. They didn't have a praise band. And they didn't even have a worship team. It was full of Pharisees and disciples that had Jesus became normal to. He was no longer stood in awe. He was no longer marveling at his power and his goodness. The room was filled with people who had all been blessed by Jesus but did no longer feel a need to worship him. Have you ever come to church and you didn't care about who else was in the room? You just needed a touch from the master, you just needed a touch from God. And let the Pharisee be critical. Let someone else condemn and be judgmental. I'll leave that to somebody else. But I'm not going to waste my time trying to justify. I can see this woman as she comes into the room. She is not captured by their whispering. She is not captured by the fact that everyone else is sitting around lounging and casual while Jesus is in the room. But she keeps her eyes fixed on Jesus. And I can see her as she says, Excuse me, Philip, but I'm gonna get over here by Bart Bartholomew, you, you need to get out. If you're not gonna worship, just get out of my way. Andrew, Andrew, you don't, you you may have forgotten where you were, boy, but I remember what Jesus has done for me. Listen, Simon, I know that you're being critical. I know you're hating on me. I know that you're upset because Jesus showed me mercy. I know that you're upset because I'm enjoying his grace, but I didn't come to see you, Simon. I came to because I brought honor and love and joy to Jesus Christ he's the one that I'm looking for, he's the one that I am come to worship, she is a broken, amen, brokenness is something that you cannot make up, brokenness is not something you can make happen neither can you fake it but when you are broken you want to worship him when you're broken, it doesn't matter who else is in the room when you're broken, it doesn't matter the circumstances of everybody else and what they may be saying or what they may be doing to you you're just broken in his presence and say some way and somehow I've got to get to the feet of Jesus and give him some glory I know it may be a broken praise, I know it may be a broken worship, but I'm here today to give him my best worship, my best praise, my best adoration because he is worthy Where he has brought me from. Simon was so proud of his house. (laughs) He was proud of the party he was throwing and the food that was on the table. He was proud. But in the midst of all of this pride, there was a woman that was broken we reject broken things we throw broken things away but god does not god uses broken things he uses broken people god knows how to let us go through a season of brokenness because when i'm broken i'm open when there is brokenness in the earth There's openness in the heavens. And it takes brokenness to produce. It takes broken ground to produce a crop. It takes broken clouds to produce a rain. It takes broken grain to produce bread. It takes broken bread to produce strength. And we find out who God is in our broken seasons. The enemy says God's going to kill you in this broken season. But God allows the broken seasons that pride can be broken off of your life. Pride will never go after God. But when you're broken, you don't give a rip if the governor's in the room. You don't care if the president's sitting right beside it. When you're broken, it doesn't matter the expectations or the opinions of people. You're just going to get to where Jesus is. I want to tell you today that if you were able to heal me when I become sick, I would bow down and worship you. If you were able to give me direction and deliver me out of the things of my life that I have no understanding about, I would bow down in honor and worship at your feet. But the fact that you don't, there is only one that does. Yes, I love you. Yes, it, and I want you to be my friend. But if my worship offends you, then you just got to get out of my way. If my worship offends you, then I want to tell you that your heart needs to get right. And you need to remember where jesus came what was when he came to where you were because you couldn't get to where he was but he came to where you were he didn't have to do it but he did it this woman brings Nerd. this woman who has nothing brought something of great value This woman who is selling her body to put food on her table. Judge her if you want to. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just telling you the facts. She's selling her body just to put food on the table. And she shows up to worship Jesus with a flax or an alabaster box full of oil. Historians say that the only way that she and probably the reason that she had this important and, and, and invaluable oil was because that it was something that she probably inherited from her family because Spikenard was so expensive and it was so powerful that it was handed down from generation to generation You didn't have to use very much of it. They would anoint the bride with it whenever she was getting ready to be married. They would put a spot on her forehead. They would take and they would take and whenever their their loved ones would die, they would put some spikenard, a dab on their forehead. It would last from generation to generation. It was worth one year's salary to those who were working but this woman who had nothing shows up to give everything. But this, this woman never intended on saving some for later. She never intended on saying, well, just a little dab will do you. Amen. But I, I, when I was reading about this, it, they said that just the one dab, one one spot of spikenard in a room would last for months. But when she came to Jesus, she never opened up the lid, but she broke it open because this was her worship. Many times we think we've got got done God a favor just because we showed up for church let me ask you something this morning what is inconvenienced in your life by coming to church more than likely you came out of an air conditioned house or at least a fanned house you rode over in an air conditioned car huh and you came up into a place like this oh haven't we been inconvenienced amen oh and sometimes if, if the conditions are right if the atmosphere is right we may even clap if the atmosphere is right we may turn our frown into a smile huh if the atmosphere is right but it's all got to get right we got to sing that song. (laughs) Ain't nobody going to help me today. Amen. It's just got to get so-so. And if it gets so-so and we feel so-so, then we might clap our hands. We might shout. We might lift a hand. We might say amen. But think about where this woman was. When you think about this woman, she was in a, in a hostile environment with a bunch of religious people sitting all around her who didn't even care to honor and give respect to Jesus any longer for where he had brought them from. But it did not stop her from giving God praise. I want to tell you this morning that if every one of us would think about the goodness of God, if we would think about where he has brought us from if we would think about the trials and the heartaches and the hardship that he has brought us through it would not take much for us to begin to praise him and give him glory and glorify and praise his name because he has been good to every one of us. You say pastor you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm facing and you're probably right. I probably don't but I know the God that we are serving and he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we're able to ask or even think so why do we act like the world why do we look like we don't have any hope there is a blessed hope that is in Jesus Christ he is the author and the finisher of our faith therefore no matter what I face and where I am at and what the atmosphere is at the moment if I choose I can lift up my voice and give him praise I can think of something that he has done for me That he is worthy of Amen I'm not going to look around And be critical of the expectations Be critical of where someone else is No, I've been there myself And thank God he loved me anyhow He showed me his mercy anyway His goodness and his love surrounded me When the enemy came in like a flood The Spirit of the Lord got a hold and raised me up so I would not drown, so I would not be overcome. I want to tell you today, He is a good God and He is worthy of our praise. They would pour the dab, they would anoint the bodies. For burial with spikenard. It would keep so strong that it would keep the stench of death away. I say that to tell you today if you're dealing with something that's dead, bring it life with worship. Spikenard, spikenard. The Hebrew, spike, nard, it's a compound word. The nard in the Hebrew means light. This woman's going to bring light and put it on Jesus. There's a lot going on in the room. There's a... They're they're jockeying for position. They're looking for power. They're wanting wanting titles and labels. And and they're wanting all of these things. And and they're not concerned that that Jesus is in the room. They're concerned about about, about who's going to sit on the right. Who's going to sit on the left. And they're concerned about all of this foolish stuff. Childish stuff. And this woman walks in the room with spikenard with light and in the, all of the chaos of the room she comes and puts the light on Jesus amen everything was turned toward Jesus it don't matter how dark it is when you begin to worship Jesus it's going to bring light in the room I said it don't matter how dark your day is it doesn't matter how dark your situation is when you begin to worship you're going to bring light into that situation when you begin to worship him amen I've been in some dark days of my life I've been in days when it's so dark and the nights were so long and I wonder God where are you? amen some churches are so dark nothing going on amen can't can't get an amen out of nobody everybody likes simon they'd forgot where jesus brought them from well the music wasn't to my liking well that sound was too loud well it was too hot but there was a day when it didn't matter who was preaching it did not matter who was singing didn't matter how hot or how cold it was you just loved on god and said i'm just gonna get into his you see there's sometimes that that it is so dark and it's so cold and nothing is going on it's spiritually dead but one person like this woman has the audacity to get up in the middle of the darkness and begin to get up in the middle of the stillness begin to get up in the middle of the quiet moment and begin to praise God give him a hallelujah give him a thank you Jesus give him a praise out of the depths of their soul, amen and change everything change the atmosphere shift everything that was just one person being obedient just one person having the audacity to say everybody else just go ahead and sit here and act like he ain't never done nothing for you but I'm about to give him my best praise, I'm about to give him my greatest worship because he and he alone is worthy of my praise, You're in the same place, you're with the same people, you have the same problems, but someone turns the light on Jesus. And when someone turns the light on Jesus, you begin to forget about everyone else in the room. Amen. You begin to lose your focus on the expectations and what people are saying and the whispering here and the whispering there and you begin to focus your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full into his wonderful face and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. That's what this woman did. She took the eyes off of the Pharisees. she took the eyes off of the fine dinner. She took the eyes off of all the nice things in the house and suddenly Jesus becomes the focus in the room oh my God that the church once again someone would have an audacious faith that would rise up and say we're going to turn the focus back on Jesus we're going to turn the focus on the author and the finisher of our faith it is not about what is here it's not about what is not here it's not about all of the things and all of the nice lights and the sound it's about Jesus and if we don't have any sound Jesus is still here And if the lights go out, Jesus is still here. And if everything is forsaken, Jesus is still here. And if I've got Jesus, everything is going to be all right. Simon the leper becomes Simon the Pharisee. And everyone was upset but Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Judas was there saying, What are they going to do? She's wasting all of this money. Simon was saying, This is pretty extravagant, don't you think? This could have went down to another three or four generations. She just wasted all of this in one moment, at one time. She poured it all out on him. Why are you so extravagant, woman? Why have you wasted so much? And let me tell you, this generation has bought into this same life. We don't dare say it, but we show it with our actions. That that it isn't necessary for all of that. Oh, Jesus used to thrill us. His presence used to cause us to just fall in his presence and give him praise and give him adoration. And say, God, your word, but not anymore. We've lost it. Because we don't want to, oh, a praise, a clap is good enough. A song is good, and we could just a little dab. We don't need it. We don't need to waste the whole bottle. Just, just give him a little bit. That'll be enough. I'll be back next Sunday. I'll give him a little more. Don't waste it. Hold it up for another day. No, no, no. You know how you get another praise. You know how you get another worship. You know how you bless his name and give him glory? It's not by holding on to it. It's turning it loose. It's giving it all to him and saying, God, I just give you all of it. I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to reserve nothing. I'm giving you everything because I may not have another tomorrow, but I've got today. I may not have another Sunday but I've got this Sunday and I'm going to open my mouth. I may not have another opportunity like this but today I've got this opportunity and I'm going to give you all of my worship. I'm going to give you all of my praise because you are worthy. Everyone was upset but Jesus... And he seen their hearts, did he not? And he had something to say to Simon. Verse 44, he said, Then he turned to the woman and said, Simon, do you see this woman? I entered into your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But that's okay because she washed my feet with her tears she didn't have money for water but she was broken and out of her brokenness it created something that she could worship me with which was the tears from her eyes you see this woman she dried my feet with her hair you gave me no kiss but this woman has not ceased to kiss me from the time I came in. You didn't even anoint my head with oil, but this woman, she anointed my feet with a fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But those who love, are forgiven little, love the same. They love little. If that didn't set them back, I don't know what would. If that didn't set the house in order and bring them back to the main thing being the main thing, I don't know what would have done it. I came right up in your house. I'm not talking about you came over to the neighbor's house. I'm talking about I came to your house. And you didn't even honor me enough to get up and wash my feet. Simon, Jesus healed of leprosy. Never even got up to minister to Jesus. The disciples were there. None of them moved to minister to Jesus. The scriptures, and and when you read it in, in different... Uh, places and the Gospels the Synoptic Gospels you find that that Lazarus and Martha were there there was a time when they would have fought over who was going to wash his feet there was a time whenever they would have said God Master just let me help you let me Wash your feet. Let me sit beside of you. Time when they would have fought over, who was going to take care of him. But now time has passed, and they are no longer impressed by him. No longer impressed that he can walk on water. No longer impressed that he can heal leprosy. No longer impressed that he's opening the eyes of the blind. No longer impressed that he's delivering the demoniac of Gadara. No longer impressed that lives are being changed everywhere because of Jesus. By this time, they, Jesus had just become normal to them. And now they didn't have to act like they used to because he was just normal. Let me tell you about the sin of familiarity. Whenever we become so familiar with Jesus, when we become so familiar with who he is that we no longer stand in awe, it's a sin, my brothers and sisters. We lose out on God because the thrill is gone. The wonder is gone. But don't ever lose the thrill. Don't ever lose the wonder of who Jesus is and how that he can change lives. There was a time when it didn't matter who was preaching, who was singing. It didn't matter about all of these things. We were just here to worship a King. Oh, I'm not that old but I remember a time going to the church whenever they didn't have air conditioning I remember as a little boy when mom and dad put, put us all these kids in, a, in, a, a, in a, a, a station wagon drove us all the way to Louisiana with no air condition just to preach a revival in a church Have the audacity. Take us in the middle of summer to a church that don't have air conditioning in Louisiana. You didn't have to get up and sing. You didn't have to get up and and shout. All you had to do was just walk in the door and you're soaking wet. Huh? And yet in the midst of that atmosphere, many, I don't want to exaggerate, I think 20 or 30 people that week came to Jesus lives were changed people were transformed amen there was a time when we were broken and out of our brokenness it didn't matter we just came to worship nerd means genuine it means pure watch this this woman that isn't pure Jesus allows to bring something that is pure and unpolluted and pour over him. Without the blood of Jesus, we're all unpure. We're all polluted. But this woman had issues, but her worship was pure. The enemy has told some people that you can't worship because you're unworthy. You can't worship because you're unpure. Your worship is not about your worthiness. Your worship is about his worthiness. And I may be unworthy vessel, but I'm not going to just sit there and miss an opportunity, miss a moment that I have in his presence to give him worship. Jesus was not only the lamb that would be slain, but he was also the high priest that would go behind the veil into the holies of holies. And the high priest had to be anointed before he could go behind the veil. And this woman, even though the disciples, watch this, the religious system of the day, all of the disciples, all of these people who had been delivered from all of these horrible things, sitting around and did not have a spiritual awareness of the moment they were in they were just 48 hours away from crucifixion and the disciples were not even aware of it but this prostitute was this sinner was She had enough spiritual awareness that she said, I know that he's going to die. And maybe she didn't have it all together, but she knew he had to be anointed before he could go behind the veil. I'm thankful that in an hour and in a time when the religious system has failed us, that there is people rising up out of the ashes. There's a generation that is rising up and saying we're sick and tired of mediocrity. We're sick and tired of the forms of religion. We'll not stand for it any longer. We need to see Jesus and whatever it takes for him to come into the house. That's what we're going to do. This woman anointed Jesus as the priest to go behind the veil into the holies of holies for you and I. 48 hours before Christ's crucifixion and she anoints him. Some said that she anointed his head. Others said they anointed him, They said what, what was it? Was it his head? Was it his feet? I think it was all of it. I think she anointed his head. I think it ran down his shoulders. It ran off into his chest. It came down his legs. It was on his feet. And she got down and wept before him in his presence and brokenness and washed his feet with her tears. But the smell of the aroma of the spikenard was so strong that it could still be smelled on Jesus. While he was hanging on the cross, the aroma was still on him when they put him in the tomb. And I believe that the devil smelt the smell coming whenever he walked down to the gate, the sidewalk of hell, walked into the living room of where Satan was. And he remembered the fragrance of worship. And he said, "There is somebody that is worshiping him. There is somebody that is glorifying his name. There's somebody giving him honor and praise." And it reminded the devil of the power of worship. It reminded the enemy of where he used to be and was three thrown and kicked out of heaven and found his place in hell. But thank God, there was a worshipper that began to anoint him with the worship and with the praise. I want to tell you there is benefits to worship. There's benefits to worship. What are the benefits of worship? Benefits of spike nerd. What is the benefits of spike nerd? Well, let me give you a few of them. Spike nerd reduces anxiety and emotional stress. Worship releases peace. Amen. People come to church full of stress and all stressed out and disconnected from stress and discontent. But when you begin to worship God, the anxiety leaves. The emotional stress is reduced and gone. You see, the enemy wants to keep you bound up in anxiety and stress. So that you don't praise, but if you praise, you'll break out of emotional stress. That's the reason why the enemy don't want you to worship God. He wants you to keep you an emotional wreck and wants to keep you in stress. So you cannot enjoy the presence of Jesus even though he's in the house. Nerd heals burns and wounds. They would take that spikenard and they would place it on where they had been burnt, where there was a wound, and it would bring healing to the burn and to the wound. Maybe you've been wounded. Perhaps you've been burned in life, but if you apply a heavy coat of worship, that wound will begin to heal again. You'll be surprised how easy it is to forgive when you're in the presence of worship. When you've been hurt, when you've been wounded. But if you will go to loving on God and praising him and turn the light on Jesus and say you're the reason, Jesus. You'll be surprised how easy it is to forgive those who've hurt and wounded you. Spikenard and sleep. The Bible says he gives his beloved rest. David said, on my bed, I'm going to worship. He said, I'm gonna, I, I, maybe I, I can't go to sleep, but I'm going to give God some praise because it'll cause rest to come. You're having a hard time sleeping at night. Why don't you try worshiping him until sleep comes to his beloved? nerd slows aging that's the reason why worshipers look younger amen that's the reason why whenever people have a lifestyle of worship they can be 60, 70, 80 years old and they can still get up and dance on one leg for a minute Amen. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Amen. It slows aging. Some folk, folks got wrinkles on wrinkles, on top of wrinkles. You just go to worshiping and it's better than all of that stuff they sell at that, on wherever it is. Just apply a good coat of worship and watch the wrinkles wash away. <laughs> Amen. Spikenard deals with headaches. They'd have headache. They would put it on their forehead. Amen. And they say that it would help for the headache to go away. Some of you have a headache at work. You have a headache at home. You have a headache in your money. Just apply worship to your headache. I just want to tell somebody this morning God's got this if you just give him praise amen I'm almost done in case you were wondering Mary didn't open the box she broke the box when you break something it's no longer in your control but it's out of your control she broke it and gave it all. The reason why people can control their worship is because they've never been broken. Never been broken. But whenever you've been broken, it'll ooze out the cracks. Worship will come out somewhere. Whenever you've been broken, you may have tears cascading down your face. Your mind may be an utter mess, but I promise you in that moment, out of somewhere, some crack, some broken place in your life, they'll come worship out of you. She poured it on his head, down his neck, his shoulders, his entire body, and then she knelt down and washed his feet with her tears. I had to wonder this week I know that she was broken but I I had to wonder if some of the tears weren't because of the state of all the rest of them in the room. People being healed of leprosy people being delivered from all kinds of sin in their life and the master is here and nobody is giving him honor. I wonder if some of those tears weren't from her broken heart Of a lack of worship that was in a room where Jesus was. Worship was all over him, but worship was also all over her. Mary ran out of perfume, but she never ran out of worship. She continued to worship him until her worship changed the atmosphere the atmosphere was no longer about the food the atmosphere was not no longer about mr. big bucks and what a nice house you have and who's come to your party but the atmosphere was shifted to only one and that was the one that really mattered in the room her worship changed the atmosphere it touched the heart of Simon It touched the disciples. Can I tell you what really came out of that room that was lasting? Simon today is still remembered as a leper. But Mary is remembered not as a prostitute, but remembered as a worshiper. Heart for Jesus caused him, her to follow him all the way to the cross. Cause oh, she was a woman, Joshua. She wasn't able to get close to where he was. The Bible said she seen him from a distance. She never lost sight. i don't know you can discount it you can do whatever you want to with it but i believe it's the reason why the disciples weren't the first one to find out that he had risen from the grave but it was this worshiper this one that never lost sight of him This one that would walk into a dark room full of religious people and turn the light on Jesus. Say, He's the reason we're here. He's the reason that we rejoice. He's the reason for living. This woman that changed the atmosphere with her worship. I believe it's the reason why do with it what you want. But I believe it's the reason why that she was the first one to see the resurrected Messiah. Let me tell you something today. If you will commit yourself to being a worshiper, you will see things before other people see things. And you will know God in another realm than other people don't ever get to know Him because he reserves some things for lovers. I don't know how you would take this message today. I don't know what you'll do with this message today. I don't even have any preconceived ideas of how you'll respond to this message today. You of where I've walked, where I've been. And I say, God, help me never to get so familiar with your presence. Help me never to get so caught up on all the minutiae of life that whenever I'm in your presence, I'm too proud all of that every time I'm in your presence God I want to give you everything that I've got I don't want to be one that sees you open blinded eyes and set the captive free I don't want to be one that sees you heal the sick and raise the dead and, and set the oppressed free and then just come and act like it's normal I declare today that the One Life Church will be a place where His presence never becomes normal. I declare that One Life Church will be a place where we will be worshippers, where we will be Marys, where we will be the hurt, the broken, the lost, the dying, but we remember where He brought us from. And because of that, even though we may be in a hurting state, even though we may be in a broken place, we still know He's worthy. And that we're going to focus not on opinions. We're not going to focus on personalities. We're going to focus on Jesus. And we're going to turn the light on Him. If you're here today and not be for everybody, but I'm certain it's for somebody, you're here today and you say, Pastor, I just want to give Him my best praise today. Maybe you're in a broken place, but a broken praise is better sometimes than when you're whole. been times in my life when I couldn't even put words together. All I could give Him out of tears streaming down my face is, oh God, oh God, in my broken place, He would come to where I'm at. He would take my broken praise and He would create an atmosphere that would change and give me direction and give me direction. Your praise isn't about impressing someone else. Your praise is about touching the heart of the one who has touched you. And that's all we have to do. Hallelujah. You're here today and the word has touched you and you say yes. say yes I'm going to just return to the heart of worship I'm going to return to being the main thing being the main thing I'm going to dedicate myself to loving God and worshiping him no matter who's in the room no matter what the atmosphere is I'm going to give God my best praise every time I enter the house of the Lord every day of my life I'm going to practice his presence That's you. Too.